For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Woolworths Big Night In is back. You could win a family winter getaway. Simply buy any three participating products to enter. There's a new winner every day. T's and C's apply. New South Wales LTPS 1823233. ACT TP 1800053. South Australia T18478. What's up, everybody, and welcome inside the Celtics Life Podcast. I'm Mark Allison here with Luis Gonzalez, and with the Boston Celtics and the NBA news kind of slowing down, so offseason, we're going to mix it up a little bit today. Um, we're going to try and get into, like, what the things are that if we were the front office, what, what would want the guys returning, at least just the, there's only six guys coming back, um, and what they, what we would like them to approve on in the offseason, plus we got some other news to get to. Uh, Luis, what's going on, man? How you doing, man? It's it's kind of crazy. We were just talking about how we were just in the Eastern Conference Finals last a few weeks. Well, I don't want to say weeks ago. A few months ago. Months, yeah. <laughs> and we were only bringing six of those guys back. Yeah, that's and, that's wild. And a lot of people may argue that we're with the additions that we made to replace those lost bodies that were a better team. Yeah, so absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to see what this season has in store for us, but I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a good season, especially with all this Kyrie Irving stuff and whatever the hell is going on in Cleveland. Yeah, this is banana land off season for sure. Like all around, just all kinds of crazy stuff going down. I mean, I, I love it because it's a lot of stability with us and a lot of instability everywhere else. Yeah. Right. It's, it's funny too. You were saying about the, so we got six guys coming back, right? Of the guys that left, right? How many were like key, you know, contributors to that team? Obviously Bradley, um, Amir played a big role. Um, Kelly, Jarebko, I guess he played a decent amount, right? So that was probably like the ten guys that played. I would say that probably the biggest loss that yeah, people... well, Joe Green too. I mean, he had some big, especially in the playoffs. He had a couple of big games, right? So that's but... we lost five guys that like contributed, you know, and at least played minutes, right? I think Jonas will be the guy that we. People, you know, don't really think of off the top. You know, it's not their first, like, oh, my God, we lost Jonas. It's more like, oh, we lost Kelly. But Jonas was a really versatile player. I mean, he wasn't scoring 15 a game or anything like that. But you knew that he could give you a quick three. He can give you some solid defense and good rebounding. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one guy that we're – I mean, obviously, these are all things that we've talked about over the past few weeks. But going into the season and as the season plays on, I think – people may start to miss Jonas a little bit. but well, He was a guy that could play, didn't have to play a lot of minutes, and not only that, could go like games without playing, and then you could plug him into the starting lineup, and you know I, he would still contribute and be ready to go. It's Yeah, it's definitely, we got a little younger on the back end there, right? So it's, we're going to miss a, a veteran guy like that off the bench for sure. Yeah, but you always want that nice combination of youth and... Mm-hmm veteran players yeah. but anyway we should start talking about guys that are actually still on the team like isaiah thomas who 
doesn't need hip surgery. That's the best news. Best news. Um, I mean, you know, (laughs) yeah, it is the best. I I was, no, I was legitimately concerned about that. And I, you know, when, when they go quiet about something like that for such a long time, I know we, we kind of expected, like we were going to hear the answer to that, like a couple weeks after the season, but then they sat like for like two months, we didn't know what was going to happen. And every time they talked about it, it was, you know, um, they're still waiting. They're doing this. They're waiting for swelling or whatever it was. And I, I just, you know, worst case, always thinking worst case. I, I was like, damn it, we're going to be missing him till like January. Yeah. But, and, and hip injuries. I mean, I've never had a hip injury and I'm not an NBA player and I'm also not Isaiah Thomas. But hip injuries, I can imagine, are probably up there with back injuries in terms mm-hmm. of how lingering and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they suck and you kind of just either have to get surgery or just rest for a very, very long period of time mm-hmm. and hope that the, that the injury doesn't just come up again. Right. It, with, with the most minor contact too, which I, I mean, you're, especially a player like Isaiah Thomas who's banging around all the time. I mean, his hip, he's getting contact with his hip. He, he comes from way high up, falls right down on that hip coming to the basket. So yeah, no, exactly. We've seen him come down like, and be like, wow. And he jumps right back up. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know how he does it, but it's a it's a great thing, and um, we'll we'll see. I think it's something that should still be monitored because you never know, right? But at, at least it seems like for sure, for sure, he won't. Yeah, need it. and we don't, and they they didn't really give a timetable on how long. Like, is he going to be ready to go training camp? We're not really sure about that. Um, and obviously, I think you just like you said, just go with caution. There's no need to rush him back. If it was, if he's not going to be ready for training camp, he can. I'm sure he can be there and be an active participant without playing like contact and stuff. You know, um, just to stay up to keen with everybody. I mean, I do think that he's been playing though. You know, mean, he's been shooting around. I mean, I, we saw videos of him like shooting jumpers and stuff a couple weeks ago. So I mean, we, at least we know he can he can move. I'm just talking about contact wise. You know, yeah, because he has all those basketball basketball tournaments up in Washington. Yeah, but he's not playing in those. Is he not? No. Because I know that he was he no, wasn't not this year. No. He does though, normally, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, he's had a few. I follow him on Instagram, so I see all of his Yeah, yep. His uh what is it? Zeke Zeke end? Is that is that his um Yeah, that's his thing. That's funny. I I I don't I I follow him too, but I don't I don't know all the names. They all have, <laughs> they all have funny ones too, right? Like Crowder's like uh uh what is Crowder's like boss something ninety nine. Oh uh, yeah. They, they all have like funny handles. What's what's Marcus Smarts? I think it's like Young Game Changer or something like that, right? <laughs> I was gonna say Young. He and is a Young Game Changer, man. He is. Yeah, he he really is. <laughs> but um, yeah. So aside from that, and far as far as major news goes, I mean, obviously the Kyrie Cleveland drama is still lingering. Um, yeah, we they, they've been kind of silent about that for since you guys last talked about it last week. We haven't really heard much else. Um. They were talking with Phoenix, uh, which seems like a pretty good spot to send him. And they've got some young players they could have sent back. But um, uh, apparently Cleveland wanted Josh Jackson and uh, Phoenix wasn't into that. What do you think? Definitely not. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, you're a young team. There's no need to, right? No, I mean, jo- it's hard to say. I didn't. I honestly didn't watch much of Josh Jackson during summer league. Mm-hmm. I know that people thought that he played pretty well. and you know he brought everything that people said he was going to bring minus his jump shot, which is, I guess the, the, the thing that everybody thinks that he needs to improve. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if you just, 
I mean, if you're trading him, you're basically kind of giving up on him already. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, in, in, a, in a sense. Yeah, you know? I don't see personally. If if I maybe they just don't see if I would trade. It depends on what else was in the deal because I don't think that trading Josh Jackson for Kyrie is crazy. I think depends on obviously the rest of the package. I mean, if you're gonna, you got to give something to get something. And if I'm the Suns, I'd rather have the slam dunk. We know Kyrie can play, right? Versus the Josh Jackson, who's who looks very promising, but at the same time, I mean, who knows? You know, we've seen draft picks flop before. So, well, we know that Kyrie can play in Cleveland. Well, that's true, but yeah, but he was putting up some big numbers before LeBron got there. They weren't necessarily winning games, but I mean, no. he was, you know, he was essentially that team's leader before. No, yeah, I mean, it, it, people have been saying this for well since the story came out. I'm I. Cleveland was a lottery team when Kyrie Irving was the guy. And obviously they didn't have the same talent around right, him. Right. But I don't know. He he wants to be the guy, so yeah, maybe yeah. he'll end up being the guy. I just You know what gets me about that though? Like like here's the thing, and this is why I think this is crazy. There must be more to this LeBron and him situation or something, because all right, he wants to be the guy, right? So Look at all these other teams, right? Where you, look, look at like the Warriors, like how you build these teams now. You have to have three, four stars, right? Yeah. So who's the guy on the Warriors? I guess it's Curry, right? Because he's been there longer. I would, I would say it's it, Draymond. Okay, exactly. But Or is it Durant? You know, even though Durant was only there for one year, he's the best player on that team, I think, personally. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you know, but but like... Does you don't hear? Is it Durant's team? Is it gonna, like who cares? Right? Isn't that should I don't know? It just and, and it's it's funny because you would think that Kyrie would have sort of instilled that mindset in himself that it's more of a a collective team effort. I mean, it's basketball for Christ's sake. Yeah, I mean, you went to the finals two two years in a row, three years in a row, right? Yeah. So I it's mean, like, yeah, like who who cares? I right. It's uh, and, and the thing is too, it, it's going to be his team eventually. But LeBron is not going to be there forever, right? And even if the, he was going to stay past this season, you would think that Kyrie would outlast him, anyways. In terms of you know, they both sign another deal. I don't know. It, it yeah. just it just seems crazy that that I don't know. And maybe there's more to it. Maybe maybe he just doesn't like LeBron. Like maybe they don't get along as as well as uh, you know uh, people think. I mean, it, I, I, I do agree. It has, there has to be something more to it. Today. Or maybe he just thinks that LeBron's on the way out next year and he doesn't want to be stuck there with nothing. You know, him and Kevin Love, and they'd be a borderline playoff team, right? Or I mean, that's fine, but if that's the case, it just seems like in one way or another he's painting a bad picture based on these reports and yeah, you, right, you know right. that all, every report isn't true but based on these reports it seems like he's painting this kind of bad picture of lebron mm-hmm. and if he just wanted out because he figured that lebron was leaving next year anyway why do you have to halfway slander him on your way out yeah right no i yeah, uh, that that makes sense so, I, could, I don't think it's just that it could be a case of LeBron, the GM here, he got all his buddies in there on these deals, and now they don't have really have any other flexibility, right? So they're stuck with what they have, and, and you know, with the J.R. Smiths and the Amon Schumperts, that he, uh, the Tristan Thompsons, these guys that he wanted to stay and lock in at these deals, and now they don't have any other flexibility, right? Because you know, there's not a lot of teams willing to take on these contracts from them. Yeah, exactly. 
So I don't know. It could be that, but yeah. I'm this team. Uh, either way, it seems like Cleveland is on the verge of a pretty big collapse. Yeah, and I mean, they could. I guess this Irving thing could potentially be a good thing if they could find a suitor to take him and get a star player back. In you know that LeBron would like, maybe it lets them keep hold on to him. But I'm I'm pretty sure he's on the way out next year. They should just, this is crazy, and this will never happen. But they should just trade LeBron. Yeah. Do, do, you, know, do you know what they would get for that guy? Yeah, that's what it's true. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's impossible, but because yeah. he, he said he said that he wouldn't waive his no trade clause. So he this, does have a full no trade clause, right? Yeah. So this would never happen. But yeah. imagine the return that you would get, <laughs> right? For Even for just one year of LeBron. It's, yeah. a, it's like a team, like, we're going to the finals, you know, well, at least if you're in the East, you know. But, um, but, but yeah, to everybody that's listening, I know that that's not possible, but yeah. I, I'm curious. It to, probably would be the right move, though. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> if they could, if you they can could. rebuild for, mm-hmm. for the future. And, well, so speaking of Kyrie, we had a lot of chatter, and especially around here in Boston, these idiot pundits talking about, Trading IT for Kyrie. Now, 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 don't get me wrong. I, I, you could say that there's some, whatever. You can make a case for that, I suppose. But the the returns that they were putting on there, it was us us sending I, Isaiah Crowder and our Brooklyn pick next year for Kyrie Irving. That is just laughable. I, I heard that from guys on the radio around here, guys on television, national guys, some Jason McIntyre, Fox. It's what on what planet is that a good deal? And it's funny because I I've heard worse deals than that. I've heard that deal that you just said plus plus other stuff, either either something. I mean, what the hell? I I would never ever ever. Some people are putting out these like infographs that basically say that production wise, Isaiah Thomas has been that was better than Kyrie Irving last year. He was more efficient, for sure. Yeah, or that he was more efficient. Yeah, and he scored more. <laughs> and it's like, so what What exactly are you doing? You're trading Isaiah Thomas plus all of these other, I mean... Yeah, that, that just doesn't make any sense. Jay Crowder's on one of the best contracts in the NBA. Yeah. For, in for, Brooklyn 18, that's a shot at one of the big guys, Michael Porter, Mobamba. Like, what, what would, like, that's just blasphemy. Yeah, and you're trading all of this for essentially a, a guy that's the same player almost. Yeah, they do a whole lot of the same things. They're, they're both point guards. He's a little bit bigger. Um, he's younger. That's, that's the only thing to me that it, you get a few extra years if you had Kyrie, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. What, 28 versus 25, right? So it's three years. But I wouldn't, you see, and all of this is pointless because. Me personally, I don't want a guy who wants to be the guy right, right. on my team, you know? Yeah. It's just like everybody's, I don't know. I, it just, I, I, it's crazy to me. I, I, I can understand if someone wanted to say, you know, could the Celtics, could they work out a swap where it was like almost an even swap? Maybe we threw in like a, um, a future first, not non like, you know, lottery, you know, something like that, just because of the age factor. I mean, that's fine. but. I, I think that adding all that stuff, that's just crazy. The problem is that Cleveland is going to want a lot. And the only thing they're sending over is Kyrie Irving. That's mm-hmm. it. They're not, they're not including J.R. Smith. Although, although I don't want him anyways. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're, not, they're not sending anything. They, they would have to add other stuff in that deal too. And that, that's just crazy. Yeah. Like that's the, I feel like LeBron James made that trade rumor up. 
Yeah, no, yeah. I it's crazy. Insanity. Insanity. Jay Crowder, Brooklyn Pick, uh, Isaiah Thomas. No, so, I'm good. Yeah. So one one last thing on Cleveland before we get into the player stuff. Um they signed Derrick Rose. Obviously, this came after the, the Kyrie drama dropped. I, I think they probably would have done it either way if they could have gotten, you know, if if they could have gotten Rose to sign, they would have been happy to keep the both of them. But obviously now that they have another point guard that can start and play at a pretty high level they can move on from Kyrie, right? I mean, it's it, a little more likely, I think. What do you think? So what's, what's funny about this is that my feeling is that generally speaking, the media and fans see Derrick Rose as this guy who's, I mean, as a result of his injuries, pretty washed up. Fragile. Or, or fragile. <laughs> like, you just, you, it's, yeah. you don't know. Right. He played pretty well last year, though. He did. Yeah, yeah, sure. But I was watching SportsCenter maybe two or three days ago, and the the thing at the, you know, the topic was, Cleveland signs Derrick Rose. Is this enough to catch the dubs? And I'm like, since when yeah. is acquiring Derrick Rose going to put you over the top? But yeah. it's, it's funny how these narratives change once a, a player goes, like if Jeff Green went to Golden State, everybody would be like, oh, yeah, look. Yeah, the, richer get, the rich get richer. Right. Anyway, um, if Kyrie is on his way out, and it seems like he intends to leave, even though he has no leverage, Derrick Rose, I guess, is a suitable. I mean, it's probably about the best they could have done without right trading, as far as signing somebody. Anyways, I mean, who are, who would they trade anyway? That's what I mean. That's what they're you know, and, and now at least so they have a point guard, right? As fragile as he may be, if he's healthy, he's a you know at least a capable replacement, right? Certainly can can play up to the level of Kyrie at times, right? So now they could trade Kyrie for another complimentary player that, you know, and then run with with that. You know, they they can trade him for a need at another position, I guess. No, yeah, that is true. I mean no. Kyrie I don't I don't want to say this, but Derek Rose is when he's functioning mm-hmm. is Pretty quick. I don't want to say just as quick as Kyrie Irving, but in some ways, the, their style of play resemble one another in this like borderline reckless. I'm just gonna drive to the rim. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kyrie's in it, probably the best finisher I can think of in the NBA. So it's like a very, 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 very poor man's Kyrie Irving and Derrick Rose. Yeah, and I mean, if if he's healthy, okay, he he might be close to, him, but I mean, I don't think anyone expects him to return to form their MVP level rose. No, um, he's that's that that ship has sailed. But I mean, I guess they could have done much worse, right? Uh, they really, yeah. Cleveland is in a tough spot. Again. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because they, they, we're not just talking about this season and competing for a championship this one year. We're talking about them trying to make them attractive for LeBron going forward too. So. Signing Derrick think... Rose to a one-year deal doesn't exactly do that. So he's only there for one year. So or Jeff Green or Jose Calderon. Yeah, I mean, but it's so. But the GM LeBron put them in this position with uh, him, you know, wanting certain guys, and you know, so we'll see what happens. He's going to leave them high and dry again, probably, but we'll see. Um, yeah, what a mess. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad I'm not a Cleveland fan. That's and we can just watch the meltdown from here. As we end up in the finals yeah. very soon, hopefully. Yeah, if, 
if everything works out. If everything goes according to plan. And if players improve. <laughs> yeah. Improvement is the name of the game. So we had a few guys come back from last year. We had Isaiah Thomas. Just a few. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, Jalen Brown, and Terry Rosier. So let's just say you're a GM and you're bringing these guys into the, into your office, exit interview. What are you saying to each of these guys during their exit interviews? You know, for like, for example, I was looking at Isaiah Thomas. Going into this season, he's going to need to learn how to defer a lot more because you have more weapons now. Mm-hmm. He, he can't – I mean, you know that he's capable. Right. And you know that he can absolutely take over a game. But this season, he's really going to have to get his assist numbers up, I think. Yeah, no, I, I think so too. I, and I think, like you said – I don't think that that's necessarily something he can't do. I think it's a case of last year he had to carry the load. I mean, that's, you know, we we saw him. He did plenty of times where he drove in and kicked it out to open shooters, but I think he'll be able to play off the ball a lot more now too. Um, And I don't, I don't think, I don't think he's going to have any problem deferring to a player like Hayward, you know, at his caliber. I I think it's going to help him a lot too. No, absolutely. And I, I mean, you you give me an Isaiah that can still score thirty points a game, but yeah. is assisting on six or seven shots a game. Right, that's yeah. that's yeah. a good Isaiah. And and uh, and here's the thing too. When we were talking about this before, obviously you want it to improve on the defensive end at least as much as he can, right? But now I don't think he'll have to exert as much energy on offense because he's not going to have to make sure he's he doesn't have to do it every time up and down the court. Now he can he can at least focus a little more energy on the defensive side of the ball, maybe improve enough to, you know, not be one of the worst defenders in the league, right? He's, he's, not, he's not the worst, one of the worst defenders in the league because he got an all-defense visit. That's right. I forgot about that, right. So, I mean, so out there, somebody, somebody <laughs> believes. Come on, y'all. Right. Get it together. Isaiah Thomas is one of the best defenders in the league. Mm-hmm. He, has, he has this to prove. According it. to somebody. <laughs> Jay Crowder. I think he just needs to stay off of Twitter because <laughs> it seems like as, once he gets on Twitter or Instagram and he sees people saying this, that, and the other, mm-hmm. let's trade Jay Crowder for this guy, whatever, he feels some type of way, which is fine. You know, you, 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 it, it's, it's, it's valid. And I think, too, if he just turned the caps lock off on his tweets, people <laughs> wouldn't take them as, you know, him screaming at them, like, every time that he says something. Because every time he types and it's in all caps, yeah. definitely multiplies the intensity of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I love it when he types, have a blessed day. Or yeah. When he have a blessed day in all caps. Yeah, it's like he's screaming it at you. And I don't know if you've noticed, but he puts a period before his exclamation marks, which I think is really funny. Bold move there. I like that. I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. <laughs> uh, Marcus Smart obviously needs to improve his shooting. I mean, it's the... Hit them shots! Yeah. yeah. And he, I think he needs to be a little more selective with his three-point shots. Unless he's, like, just going off. Yeah. And, and then like, I don't think that... Marcus doesn't have to turn into, a like, Steph Curry knockdown three-point shooter. But what did he shoot last year? Let's see. From three, 28%. 
Yeah. Just over 28%. I mean, if you could just creep that a little closer to like 35%, you know, like it does, you don't have to be, if he shot like 33%, that would be a huge, huge difference. No, absolutely. And so, and it, and he's been working on that. We've seen tons of videos of him doing this. And of course we've heard guys say before that they're going to fix their shot, whatever, do this. But I'm still hopeful. He's only 22, right? So he's 23 now, I think, but he's, I'm hopeful. It just, he doesn't have to be Ray Allen just needs to be a little bit better. Right. Yeah. I think we, tend to forget how young Marcus Smart is. He's nowhere near his prime. No, I mean, he's got definitely got a few years of building here. Yeah. So I think he's, I, his defense is, is there for oh, sure. I mean, yeah. And, and in just his intangibles, like making the right plays, it, especially in close games, the end of games, drawing charges. He, I mean, he knows what he should be doing on the floor, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But, um, and, and I mean, he's got, he's pretty explosive. He can get to the hoop. Um, we'll probably see hopefully a little more of that. There's going to be a lot more space on the floor with uh, Hayward and IT drawing everybody. So, if just a random question, mm. if Marcus Smart starts knocking down more threes and just develops his offensive game a little bit more this season, is he someone you think that can end up in the All Star game? Yeah, I mean, I don't know about. I think he could eventually. Yes, I, yeah. I think I think he's got enough talent that it's that it's possible. I mean, I don't know. This year, I mean, I don't know if he'll be he'll score enough points, you know, with with the other guys that we have. But I mean, maybe it's just certainly it, he's going to have to pick up some of the load too with uh, Avery gone, you know. So yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be that guy, Al Horford. I think he just needs to rebound a little better. It's it's hard to say with a guy like Al Horford who yeah. does so many things and contributes so much. Right, to- and and I mean he does different things different nights. You know, one night he'll if he knows he has to score or if he's got a good matchup he'll take it to the post. Um, yeah. You know, I I mean he's worked on his three point shooting the last couple seasons. He's improved that. Um, I mean he's he he just kind of right like you said he does everything. He's gonna be he is gonna really benefit from the added the addition of, of Gordon Hayward because him being Mr. Point center over here, um, you know, we're, we're going to see some pretty, pretty unique offense. Yeah. And I'm excited to see. And I think we were talking about this before too, but maybe the best thing for Horford to do is like, he's going to have to play center. I know he likes to play power forward, but they're going to, you know, him being obviously Baines is a good addition and he's probably going to take the Amir Johnson role. Right. But Horford is going to have to play a good amount with a small ball lineups, you know, because we got with with the addition of now Tatum. I mean, we could put some crazy lineups out there with like Horford, Isaiah, and like three six eight guys, right? Like it's, it's going to be pretty wild. I think for the first time in a while, we'll have some tallish guys on the team, right? Which is a nice addition, and. And it stinks that we lost Avery because he was a good rebounder, one of the best rebounders on the team, even though he was, you know, what, what's, what's Avery? 6'3", 6'4", 6'3". Yeah. So, but we're going to be able to throw out some lineups where they might be considered small ball because you have um, Horford at center and then, you know, say throw Crowder, Hayward and Jalen or Jason Tatum or whatever. I mean, those guys can all guard two guards, right? So it's, they we would be bigger on the smaller end you know what i'm saying like our 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 guard well well obviously not including isaiah but 
our shooting guard could be a little oversized, maybe help out a little bit when it comes to rebounding, right? Yeah. Good point. Good point. Offensive and defensive versatility is the name of the game in the NBA now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Jalen Brown. So also kind of a tough call because he's young. He was a rookie last year, but I think with him just improving, just overall. Yeah, just take that other step forward, build off of a, a really solid rookie year. Yeah. He didn't I mean, have any glaring holes, you know? I mean, I know it took him a little while to get up to par with the defensive, you know, rotations and stuff in the beginning of the year, and so that's why he didn't play much. But, I mean, we saw him pick that up quite a bit as the year went on. Yeah, and you saw what he did in the playoffs. He mm-hmm. he held his own for sure. Definitely. So you, you can't nick, nitpick him too much. Yeah, he. I mean, he might even end up in the starting lineup to start the year. I mean, yeah. it, we saw him play a lot of shooting guard last year. He started a bunch of games when Avery was out, right? So, I I wouldn't wouldn't shock me if he's if he's in the starting lineup. Yeah, and if he's starting, he has more of an opportunity to develop his game a lot faster. Yep. yep. Because he's playing against other starters, not against. Yeah, I mean, he's going to get the minutes this year, so it, yeah, it could fine. be a big coming out party for him. And he's been working really hard, too, in yeah. the offseason. So all those those uh, videos he's been posting of his, his pretty wild training regimen. So Yeah. And your favorite guy? My man, the god. Terry Rozier. He just needs to finish at the rim a little better. Yeah, just, he, gets, he gets that, just, and he's going to be... Just focus, you know? Or just you don't have to look like... Uh, Michael Jordan, you know, like with some crazy stuff inside, you know, sometimes he makes even the simplest shots look difficult. Yeah. His, his, so check this out. So he was 46.9% at, at the rim shooting, which is oh, not good. Not no. when you're inside three feet. Uh, compare that to Isaiah, a guy who takes it to the rim more than just about anybody. I mean, obviously there's some other guys, but he shoots almost 60%, 58.9%, you know? And, okay. pe- and people say, Rogier, I mean, yeah, he, he gets a lot of contact and some of the same stuff that, but I mean, IT, no one gets banged around inside like IT does coming to the hoop. And, and Terry Rozier is about, what, 6'2? Yeah, he's got, he's got another four inches on him, right? Yeah. Four or five inches. So, I mean, you know, I, but I, that, I think that's, I mean, he's, he, I think he just needs to just keep it in check. Just like slow it down, you know. He's pretty explosive, but like, even besides just getting to the rim, like just play with a little more composure, maybe, right? Do you, I, I mean, do you, what do you think it is? My assumption is that he's just putting a little too much, yeah, behind his shots. Yeah, yep. But like you said, just kind of dialing it back. Just a relax, little. right? Yeah, exactly. Putting a little too much on it, you know? Because I mean, he's he can get to the rim. He's I mean, he's he can do everything. Right, yeah, he, he ideally, he's speed. a good defender. He can get to the hoop. He's a good outside shooter. Um, we saw him knock down some big shots. Hit that um, game tying three against Portland last year. So it, it's there's no problem with him playing in the moment. Um, yeah, I, I I think he just needs to chill out, relax, right, and just let the game come to you. Right, maybe he's playing a little too quick. Yeah, but once he puts that together, yeah, he's. I mean, he's he's really good. You can see it. You can mm-hmm. definitely see it. If not like a solid starter, he he'll be like your sixth man, right? On a on a very good team, he can be a like you know top seven eight guy. I think at worst, right? Yeah, for sure. And he's also very young, so yeah, he's had plenty of time to develop for sure. 
Yeah. So we have some minor storylines to get into with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Alan Crabb signed with Brooklyn. He traded, yeah. traded, right? Yeah, it was a yeah, it was a trade. Sorry. For um, um forgetting who I forget, but um, I think a, a lot of people are saying that this is a big deal. Yeah, well, Justin, Justin is um, and we've we've discussed this at length, talking about um, he thinks Brooklyn's going to be better than most people think. He thinks they have an opportunity to like be outside the lottery, even maybe even sneak into the the playoffs. But at out at I think more or less, I think he thinks they'll finish just higher than people think, right? Like, we might not necessarily be getting a top five pick next year. No, I think, I, I hate to say it, and I don't want to jinx it, but I do think that, I agree with Justin, they're going to be a, a lot better than most people think. With this Alan Crabb uh, trade, I think they may be good for 32 to 35 wins. I'm just curious to see, I mean, they lost their best player. Right, they did. Brooke Lopez, but they did pick up Lopez guy. Yeah, I am a Brooke Lopez guy. Um, but you know, I think it's going to hinge a lot onto how well D'Angelo Russell plays, too. That's the wild card, man. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the big difference. I mean, he's, you know, he's showed some flashes, and I think he he scored forty in a game last year, right, for the Lakers. So I mean, you know, maybe him playing alongside Jeremy Lin too is going to be a good um. You know, Lynn can play point guard essentially, and and Russell can, you know, score right. Because yeah. Lynn is a good assist. Yeah, guy. he's a, right, exactly. And having those two guys, they can both attack the rim. I mean, it, it could be, it could actually work out really well for them. But we're, here's to hoping that Russell stinks, and so do they. And I mean, this we're not just talking about Brooklyn, just to talk about Brooklyn. Obviously, this affects us because not right. only does it affect our drafting uh, draft position mm-hmm. it affects potential trades if brooklyn is it's around the trade deadline and brooklyn has it's, I don't know, 30 wins that that you know that brooklyn pick doesn't look as attractive right no Where, no absolutely right so it'll it'll affect our trade bait if we're if mm-hmm. we're looking to trade for somebody around the trade deadline so yeah nope i i agree who knows? Alan Crabb may be the reason we fall out of the lottery. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, but yeah, I, I think they're not going to be as as horrific, huge mm-hmm. as people think. Brooklyn is on the is on the come up, and it's funny. I I really should be a Brooklyn Nets fan. Yeah. I mean, I, I or like a Knicks fan, I guess. I do live in New York. Been to the Barclays Center a bunch of times. It's a nice, uh, totally going off topic, but. Barclays Center is a nice arena. Mm-hmm. I, I graduated there, which was nice. That's right. Congratulations, Madison, buddy. Madison Square Garden. A little self-promotion there. Plug. Yeah, a little, little self-promotion there. <laughs> uh, Madison Square Garden is hideous, I think. I don't know why it's as Yeah, I've, I've never been to the garden, so. It's ugly. And very expensive. Knicks games run you between, for, for nosebleeds. Like, your head is touching the ceiling about $40. Oof, to watch that mess? Yeah. <laughs> I always joke that, like, at Barclays Center, you can pay, like, 50 bucks and probably be in the starting lineup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the tickets are really cheap. But <laughs> that's the end that's of my awesome. my sideways rant there. So, uh, beyond that, this week we had uh, Scalabrini's diss track on uh, Toucher and Rich. So, I mean, this probably applies to people around Boston more or less, but... Um, Toucher and Rich do this 98 mile thing where they have, they used to be the show hosts on 985, the sports hub, doing diss tracks against each other. 
But this year they changed it up a little bit and they had celebrity guests come in and then make a diss track against all the hosts and the state and the, and the, uh, the uh, station itself. And uh, it was pretty funny. Scalabrini was on it. He was pretty funny. He went against Wes Welker from the Patriots. I don't even know who ended up winning that, but Scalabrini was losing. Yeah, I definitely didn't. But he, it was pretty hysterical, though. Wes Welker, man. I love Wes Welker. Yeah, man. He's a guy. And Scalabrini is always good for a, a good laugh. For sure. No, it's it's funny. If you guys haven't heard it, check it out. It's like hashtag 98 mile. You'll find it. It'll pop up. Yeah. Um. So Justin wrote an article the other day about Jabari Bird likely to get the final two-way deal from the Celtics. It's really the last roster spot that's um, unaccounted for right now. It seems um, like we have like 400 guys on the team. Yeah, I, I, my thinking was I thought they would have already signed into it because he was pretty played pretty well in summer league. Um, but I think I, I think they're just holding out to see what happened with some other guys that played on some summer league squads. Maybe there was a couple guys they were looking at and were maybe signing somebody else in in that spot. Um, I don't know, but I, I I'm pretty sure that he's going to end up with that spot. Yeah, I, I did like Jabari Bird's game. I think he played very 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 well. Um, in summer league, and once uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were sitting, and he got more minutes. Mm-hmm. You, you right? He definitely you saw a little more from him then. Yeah, so I think he's very capable. Of course, people will make the argument that it's against summer league talent, not NBA talent. But yeah. being able being able to shoot is being able to shoot. Yeah, especially well, if you're wide open. So. I think you got to give him credit for that, at least. Interesting to me, too. Um, they, they selected Bird and Allen, who I think are both seniors, right? If not, ju- they're yes. uh, juniors. But either way, they, um, they, they wanted guys. I mean, rather than take another 19-year-old kid at that point in the draft, I think you're looking for guys that could latch on and, and play a role, right? I mean, if, if let's say Isaiah goes into the season and he's not, you know, not going to be ready to go till November. Let's say he misses the first you know, month of the year or not till, uh, you know, December. He's going to miss the first month. We'd be going into the season with just Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier in terms of point guards. Yeah. You can't. I mean, you can't. can't. So Kadeem Allen provides a little safety valve there with the, um, come. you know, I mean, he's on the two-way contract, but he can play, I think it's 45 days in the NBA next year. So, you know, he could come up and, and spot st- spot play in a few games for him, you know, at least as insurance policy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't you don't want to do the lack of a point guard thing again. Referring back to summer league, but you saw what happened, or if if you didn't see when the Celtics trotted out a lineup with no point guard, yeah. it was horrible. It gets ugly. It gets really, really, really ugly. I don't care if you're. I don't care who's doing point guard, Jabari Bird. I don't care. It doesn't matter. But you need to have somebody who can assume. And I know we're not calling them point guards anymore. We're calling them ball handlers under Brad Stevens' system. You need somebody who can handle the ball. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, so I'm a big fan of the of these nice little two-way contracts. <laughs> For sure. I No, it's definitely uh, – it, I think it's a great idea too. It lets teams keep a couple extra guys. And for us, it's a huge benefit because we always have multiple, seems like, second-round picks. And, you know, so, you know, there's another guy you could take a shot at and it gives you a chance to get a look at him in, in the D-League, right? Yeah. 
for sure. I like it. I, I In fact, as far as two-way contracts go, I think our, our boy Demetrius uh, Jackson just signed a two-way deal with somebody. The Mavs? With Houston. With, oh, with Houston. Okay, right. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I just that's good. A guy we weren't able to hold on to. Um, I, I don't know that it was anything against him, but obviously the Celtics decided to go with Shane Larkin instead um, in terms of that fighting for that last roster spot, you know? So, um, I mean, I, it was a little strange that they did that when they already, they had to stretch Demi- uh, Jackson's contract out. Um, yeah, they, they had to pay him some of that. Anyway. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess they were more intrigued with Larkin and just thought that that was a better option. I mean, that, one of these guys isn't going to make the team anyway, so whether it's Larkin or Daniel Dice or, um, you know, maybe Nader, I don't know, somebody's going to get cut. Um because they have 16 guys under contract now after the camp. So. There, there's so many new guys on the team. I'm, I feel like opening night, I'm going to look at these jerseys and be like, who the hell is that? For, for the guys coming from overseas, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, who, I'm going to be like, who's Daniel Feist? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. It's crazy that, like we were talking about before, that a team that was in the Eastern Conference Finals only has six guys back from the team. Yeah. I wouldn't be at all surprised if we get off to a slow start because of a lot of people working. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, and even Hayward working into his role. Um, you know, I mean, we'll see. I, Al Horford hit the ground running with us last year. I mean, he got hurt, missed a few games, but those first three games that he played, I mean, he looked pretty good. So I think Al the different type of player though. I think he's the kind of guy that you can plug into literally anywhere. Yeah. And he just, because he does everything well, he's kind of like a chameleon where he can just, he does what he needs to do. Yeah, because right. he's not—he's not a ball dominant guy. It's mm-hmm. like if you plugged in, like, well, since we were talking about him earlier, Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. he just won't work in some systems. Right. He just won't. Like yep. if you put him in San Antonio. Yeah, he's not going to fit in that system. You know? Yeah, he wouldn't fit. Or nope. if you put him in, I don't know, what's a team that he wouldn't fit on? I don't know. But you, you get the yeah, point. Right. The teams have got to share the ball and certain guys just, you know, are better. Well, it's going to, we'll, we'll see what happens with Isaiah. I mean, he spent a lot of time with the ball in his hands last year. So we'll see how he adjusts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so maybe he'll, I mean, not literally, but maybe he'll try to pick up that six man role again. I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll see what happens with him. Mm-hmm. So to see what's, um, Kevin Pelton. Kevin Pelton's top. So who were the, the two C's that made his top? Isaiah Thomas and Marcus Smart. Oh, heading into next offseason, right? So next year, they're talking about this being like the, the nuclear winter or whatever with contracts with so many guys that are going to get demand a lot of money uh, next year. Us having two of them, I think Marcus Smart's going to get a pretty hefty paycheck. Um, obviously, Isaiah's looking for max money in a Brink truck. <laughs> so, but there's all, but in our favor, there's a lot of other guys that are also um, coming up next year. Durant, whether he's staying there or not, is technically going to be a free agent. LeBron's going to be a free agent. Paul George, Russell Westbrook. So we kind of luck out a little bit, whereas Isaiah's probably going to be an afterthought to most of those guys, at least around the league, right? Yeah, of course. You just wonder if there's a team out there that knows they're not going to land one of those guys. And might be just sitting and saying, hey, we're going to go after Thomas Hardcore. The thing is that, and there was this piece on ESPN.com, I think that came out two days ago, where they were talking about this nuclear winter thing. Mm-hmm. And they were saying that next off, well, next free agency period is the worst time mm-hmm. to be a free agent because... The teams don't have the money to spend. The teams don't have the money to spend. Yeah, they spend. Where, 
<laughs> yeah. Whereas two years ago, when you had that huge mm-hmm. uh, TV money boom, you had Timothy Mozgov signing for two right. years, three hundred million. Mm-hmm. Like that's not going to happen. And you have these guys like Russell Westbrook, who obviously deserve as, as much money as, as much money can. as he can get. They're not. They're not going to get even close to what they would have two, mm-hmm. two off seasons ago. So. Yeah, this like number crunch is going to affect a lot of teams. Well, you wonder too if that makes a lot of guys have to stay put with their teams being able to go after their um, bird rights. Their, right, and those those teams being able to go over the cap to sign them, no. uh, it might keep a lot of guys where they are. Right, I wouldn't be surprised at all. If maybe that maybe the Thunder actually get to hang on to both Paul George and Russell Westbrook, and they look like geniuses. You know, they already look like geniuses for that trade. I mean that, that for the, for that haul they sent for Paul George. I mean, yeah, the, the Thunder did very well. <laughs> they, they did well regardless, even if they only get him for a year, they did just fine. But um, what yeah. did, what did they what did, who did they trade for? Paul it was um, Sabonis and um, a pack of cotton balls. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> and uh, um, uh, the kid from he's from Indiana. Um, oh my God! Ah, oh, he played for oh Jesus Christ! Yeah. Well, all right. Well, whatever. The, the, I can't. We look horrible right yeah, now. Yeah, that's all right. But you, so most of you people know who it is. So, you, you know, Justin was here. He'd know. Um, yeah, I'm going to find out right now. Yeah, you can look it up. But, um, you know, for for Paul George, I mean, that's pretty ridiculous. Oh, my God. Where is Why is this taking me so long to find out? Hold on. One second. Yeah. Everybody. But Victor Oladipo. Oladipo. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, a, another guy. He's a good player. Maybe uh, um, you know, he's underperformed a little bit since he was in um, Oklahoma City. But uh, he's he's from Indiana, so hometown guy. Plus, you know, Sabonis was a you know, I think he was a lottery pick last year. Would he go eighth or ninth last year in the draft? I think so. So I mean, you know, we'll see. Could work out just fine for Indiana. They should have waited a week for the Celtics, but that's all right. What are you gonna do? Yeah, I'm what do you? What do you think Isaiah Isaiah's contract might look like? Isaiah and Marcus Smart. What do you think their um, contract would look like, number wise per year? Yeah, I mean that's going to be. I, I think he's going to get pretty close to the max. I, I don't see how there. I know some people were throwing out maybe they could get him for like twenty million. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I yeah. think he could. There'll be another team that will be willing to throw way more money at him, and I just think they're going to end up. They're gonna have to probably pony it up because what else? What other moves are they gonna be able to make next year? You know? Yeah. I, yeah, I'd say probably twenty five gets twenty five. Twenty five might be um, a reasonable, you know, uh, a slight, you know, a slight home team discount. But at the same time, you know, he'll be making still <laughs> a lot 20, of almost twenty million more than he's making now per year. So, and, and something see- like a four year deal with the opt out after three. Yeah, you know that's that's probably what it would be. I'd say Marcus gets around fifteen to seventeen. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think we luck out there because obviously that depends too on how much he improves this year. If all of a sudden he starts knocking down threes, we might be in big trouble there. Yeah, <laughs> Marcus, Marcus Smart, don't get too good. Okay. Yeah, right. Don't get too good. But um, yeah. So uh, he's yeah. I think that's probably about where he'll land too. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy, man. Seeing these guys. Go from making two million dollars a year to signing mm-hmm. their next contract where they're where they're making yep 
twenty million dollars a year. I don't know what I would personally do with all that money, but yeah, no, oh, I'd I'd find a way to use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I feel like I'd spend that in a year. Yep. So I don't want to get rich ever, to be completely honest. Um. So, oh, and our old boy AB made that list as well. Eleventh oh. for the Pistons, right? So. Because that's why he is a free agent. Yeah, he's going to be a free agent. They, so they got him top 11, just outside the top 10 next year. Um, he's a $20 million guy. Yeah. Yep. Oh, see, I'm glad that Smart is out over, hidden at like 25th, though. That's that's pretty good. So that's yeah. a lot of guys got to go to get to him, right? So yeah. people, teams are looking at other people. Yeah, people love and hate Marcus Smart. They love his game, but they hate playing against him. Yeah. Bradley's going to get a nice paycheck wherever he is. And um, – I'm excited to see him play Detroit because I want to see if, if, you know, is he going to have a bigger role there offensively? Are they going to make him do more? Because, I don't know, it's going to be interesting. Stan Van Gundy's a good coach, so he'll put him in some good spots. I I think he'll do exactly what he did in Boston. Yeah, I think he'll have more freedom to kind of just develop his offensive game a little bit more, be more of an offensive guy. He might have to be a little more assertive on that team. Yeah, 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 for so. sure. He can't he can't defer. And we saw him do it at times, you know, um, here. Yeah. But at the same time, he never quite put it all together uh, for, a, like, a longer stretch, you know. He was always just a nice knockdown outside shooter and great cut into the basket, you know. Yeah. But One of the best. we'll see if he, he might do it. He might have to do it with the ball in his hands a little more. Yeah. Right, and be that defensive stopper. And imagine the paycheck he'll get if he does. You know, so big money. I'm I'm happy for him either way. He he's consummate pro, and I I mean I don't think there's anybody around here that wanted to see him go. But at the same time, we weren't going to be able to keep all three of those guys next year. Somebody had to go, and unfortunately, it was. We we can trade back for him if you think about it, or not trade back for him. We can't sign him again. Mm-hmm. Just saying. No, that's true. We we could just come off the top rope and just swoop back in, right? That would be nice, right? <laughs> anyway, y'all, uh, check out the link at the top of CelticsLife.com. We have a huge variety of shirts and hoodies in our store. You can't get tickets to the next game until October, but you usually can. So check back in October. Uh, you can find our pod on Blog Talk Radio iTunes, Stitcher, and most podcatcher apps. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, be sure to rate us five stars. If you don't like something or have a suggestion, make sure to let us know with a comment on any Celtics Life article or on Twitter with the hashtag CLPod. That is hashtag CLPod. We're always trying to bring you the Celtics coverage you want the way you like it, even during the offseason. Anything else you want to add, Mark? No, I'm good, man. That's good. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you, and we'll catch you next week. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.